welcome to Alphabet Flight and Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. Guests, we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is Jordan! <laughs> I was wondering if I had to prompt you. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just want to see how long I could go <laughs> without running out of breath. Not that long, it turns out. <laughs> I haven't been, I haven't rode a bike in a long time. He's have better cardio. Oh, okay. So this is the first episode out after I turn twenty six. Yay, twenty six! Yeah, I'm you're now past the, the halfway. You're past the halfway mark or quarter mark. Oh no! Wait, I thought you were predicting my death at fifty. <laughs> no, no. Also, I told a slight fib out of uh, not knowing something. Properly. Yeah. Turns out there's not nine volumes. There's ten. So I'm not going to be halfway through until I'm done with the fifth volume, which I just ordered. So, yay for another uh, seven, five months. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not, I'm not. I'm looking forward to it. Don't get me wrong. It's just like, huh? Because I was thinking like, oh, I'll be d- halfway done with this. I'm just like, no, I'm not close. <laughs> I'm like at the forty percent mark right now. Hmm. Basically. That's still well, pretty. That's a good deal. Still, actually, you know what? I'm about halfway through this book, so I know I'm at like the thirty-five percent mark. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, that's I over a ex- third. I would, I would, ex- I would be excited if I saw a download. I'd be like, "Ooh, it's going along." But at the same time, like that extra five percent, I thought I had. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well. Okay, so you mean like longer than you thought, but not as much as you'd hope. This these next two weeks, a- aka a fortnight, because bi-weekly sounds dumb. Yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird term. Those things are where they both mean the same thing, but one sounds like you get twice a week instead of two weeks or bi-monthly. It could yeah. mean two months, or you know, there's too many twice things. a month. It's it's you know why why does that have to be so greedy? Is that why people are so against buy? Because it just messes up all men, all kinds of w- w- words. I know. I know it just messes that up. That seems so rather many stupid. See, though. you see, you know, like you know, whatever, whatever I say, I'm bisexual. Everyone's just like, "What do you mean you're uh, like two sexes, or you only like one sex twice?" <laughs> <laughs> and I would say yes. <laughs> Except it's both. I don't know whatever i was trying to make a joke and i think it was like kind of funny but also not like it felt like okay but also weird coming out of my mouth does that make okay i'm gonna stop analyzing stuff uh, okay but uh but we're gonna have a mad menagerie of Yay. creature people and one of them's totally gonna be me cheating by the way but i, I wanted to have a full two weeks <laughs> so but whatever you got you won't know that shut up people who care? Which is only me. <laughs> <laughs> and starting off this Mad Menagerie, we're going to be talking about Madam Mask. Ooh, dun, dun, dun. that sounds familiar. Yeah. So, who do you think Madam Mask is? Uh, I for some reason I'm thinking they're either Spider-Man character or uh, X-Men. Mm, I'd say Marvel Universe in general. 
Oh, so it's so they're more multi like I think they're antagonists. I think. Okay. And maybe I'm maybe I'm getting them mixed up with a different with a Morlock that had a, like a mask like name. Um. Maybe you're that's talking, what I was thinking. You're talking about face takeoff, man. <laughs> you know the Morlock everyone's horrified by because all he did was take his face off. <laughs> I, I it's like that s- almost invisible woman from from Venture Brothers, where it's just the skin that turns invisible. <laughs> See, I think I may not be joking about that. I like, don't I think, think you I, are either. I don't think I'm joking about that, but at the same time, I cannot confirm it. At this time, because there's literally no way for me to look that up. Like, I have... I There's no information about Morlocks anywhere on the internet. Look, there was a time when there was just way too many mutants. I mean, way too many mutants. Some would say there's still too many mutants. Hashtag, go away, muties. Well, <laughs> I think... Aren't they down to, like, only the 200 now? No, they're back. I mean, it's way less. They got rid of a lot of them. Uh, with uh, Decimation. Yeah. Or House of M. Um, I thought most things were, were just uh, Inhumans or, or Metahuman stuff, not actual actual mutants. There is a lot of mutants now, because some of them got their powers back. Um, some of them got their powers back, and some of them got, like, you know, they did something. I don't know. I don't want to go through all that junk, but for the most yeah. part, there is there is more mutants now and everything. I just don't think it's nearly as much as you had in like the nineties. You know which which mutant I always felt bad when they lost their powers was. Uh, was it briefly whenever uh, Iceman lost his powers? But it turns out it was just on a break. No, that was although that I that was more like I thought a psychological thing of his. Mm. Yeah, that was more of a psychological thing. But like, it, well, it wasn't at first, and then they're just like, "Well, he's one of the first, and one of the the five, yeah, original." I have to but, give his powers back. Blob? No, though that I remember seeing Blob after he lost his powers, and that was just that was sad. Uh, yeah, it was like a fat bastard in 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 that Austin Powers movie. Just oh. all that skin. Oh yeah, it was. Oh, for a moment there, I thought you moved on. <laughs> it's just like, wait, do you think? Do you think? Do you think Fat Bastard is uh is an X Men? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but the mutant I was thinking of was Chamber because he oh. just lost. He just lost his entire like chest. Yeah, that is real sad. I mean they. Oh. They did. They pulled some shenanigans to fix fix him up, but there was a time when he literally was like on machines to keep him alive because he didn't have a chest. Yeah. If you don't know who Chamber is, then I'll talk about him at some other point. <laughs> Actually, no. Chamber Chamber is basically he has like energy powers, but the first time they manifested, he blew off his lower jaw and most of his chest, and he basically just had like energy kind of yeah low, and it was like, like some kind of, kind of psychokinetic power like energy kind of thing so it was actually like so he was like a slightly telepathic like it was something conjured by his mind yeah is, and, is how they explained it and um he was in generation x i want to say which was 90s late 90s i want to say yeah 
mid to late nineties. Um, it was when uh, Jubilee actually was like kind of a quote unquote leader of a team. Uh, whenever they were, I think it was around the time they were starting to do like Marvel Knights and stuff like that. Hmm. If I'm thinking correctly. And now Jubilee's a vampire. Honestly, I'm okay with that because they kept it for a while. I'm just like, that's weird. I just any uh, consistency yeah. in X Men is actually kind of is is uh, uh, a breath of fresh air. Any consistency? Yes, I I would say that uh, the best consistency they had though so far, Professor X being dead because he's a big bag of dongs who deserves to die. God, I remember <laughs> growing up, I thought he was like the most awesome like uh like leader character or like you know mentor thing, and then you find out what he's done, and you're like, oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, but speaking of people who's done horrible things, Madame Mask. Um, what do you think her name is? Um Is it something Real French? I can't tell, okay. honestly. Um I bet her it's, name it's is European. Ac- it's European, okay. I can tell you that. I bet you her name sounds like something that actually re- refers to mass. Actually, no, it's it's French because I'm I'm dumb and forgot how mask is spelt in French. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, um, well, her real name. Well, actually, wait. What do you think she looks like? By the way, for some reason, I'm getting some kind of like, uh, you know, old, creepy looking woman like. I want to say, like, you know, like, some something like a fortune teller witch kind of thing, but, like, old European-ish, with, so, like, with a with a steely cold gaze and hard features. Oh, you guessed strong. You do not Aww. guess sexy spy lady with a mask. Oh, oh, wait, was it? Oh, she looks like something out of young blood. <laughs> uh, what you're picking up there is you're picking up... Wait, who did who created her? Give me a moment. I know it's Gene Colan. Oh, uh, who okay. So Colan, I mean, I should say. So he did more. He does more um, gothic style drawings, okay. like darker gothic style drawings. Oh I think wait, 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 why. wait. Wasn't she, wasn't she with the hood recently? Yep. Oh, She's, okay. Now I know who you mean. Now, sort yeah. of. So, um, <clears throat> so her real name is Count Galit. Galita Neferia. But her legal name in the United States is Whitney Frost. No relation to Emma Frost. Or the or the uh or her little sisters, her quadruplets. Her, her, tra- her last name's Neferia? Yeah. Wasn't there like a vampire called Count Neferia? Yes. <laughs> She's related to that person. <laughs> See, I don't know her background. I just know that she was in, like, hanging around, like, second command to to the hood in those comics. Like, I actually don't even technically know what her powers are. She shows up in a lot of things. She fights uh, Iron Man a lot. Um, But she first showed up in a Tales of Suspense uh, issue in in February 1968. The Warrior and the Whip. Slash the claws of the panther, and it was a uh, tales of suspense. Captain America and Iron Man, uh, like two stories basically. Mm. Um, the Iron Man. So she first showed up when the uh, 
Magia captured Iron Man, and Whiplash, uh, Whiplash was called upon to take care of him. And I should not be reading off of this one because it's going to be in the the pages that I'm about to look at. But um, yeah, so she so she's kind of an Iron Man villain, give or take. I would I would say she, but like she's been around for a lot of different things. Yeah, different villains. And the whole thing with the hood was basically getting like the street level, C level criminals organized, right? Yeah. Which I kind of always liked, like you know, like the fixer and the tinkerer, those guys who were just like, okay, give me five bucks and I'll give you a criminal suit, kind of thing. Yeah. Like I kind of like those guys. Like he was like, oh, okay. Um. Well, with this money, I can make you a super suit. All right, but it's going to look like a beetle. Yeah. How so, well, actually, actually, the one you're thinking of, Ebenezer Asner, I want to say his name, uh, Ebenezer whatever, something, uh, the beetle, actually made that himself. Okay, right. Okay, but uh, but you know what I'm I mean. I'm sorry like. for well actualing you, by the way. Um, I feel... I. I actually have enough. I actually have enough Marvel knowledge to be like, yes, the Beetle from the '60s actually made his own suit because he's an engineer. Yeah, I, don't, I I wasn't sure if the Beetle was one of the ones who who worked it for the Tinkerer, but or got stuff from the Tinkerer. It's just that I like I said, I just like how there are so many criminals in New York who just like went to some hidden back back alley. The Gladiator, door. the Gladiator, yeah. and the Tinkerer are like the two. Makes most of the street level villains um, costumes. So, uh, you want to know something? Something I did not know until recently. Apparently, for a long time, tells of suspense. So it went from Doctor Strange uh-huh. for a long time to being more of an Iron Man, uh, Iron Man uh, c- comic, hmm. and then it went to being an Iron Man and Captain America comic. Where it's basically like two backup stories. Huh. So they had a lot of suspenseful times in their careers. Yeah. And um, the uh, Madame Mash showed up in the second to last issue, number uh, number 98. Huh. Um, It did not get 100. I feel like they could have, like, maybe, you know let them have one more comic so they'd have yeah. a issue run, but you know, it's whatever. These uh, or- earlier comics, before they did a bunch of um, <sighs> solo comics and everything, because they don't really do like the, like we have a title where stuff happens we kind of yeah. put our shorter stories anymore. They don't really do that that often now. Yeah, like nowadays. the close- closest they do is sometimes is an annual thing and that's usually focusing on either a team or a character yeah and sometimes but like they they have not um well like iron man was actually introduced in tales of suspense oh yeah as well yeah so this uh and it looks like issue 39 is when he first showed up which you probably would already known that if you listen to my iron man issue it's just i completely forgot when he showed up so, um, but yeah, I can well actually about who built the Beatles, but I can't do whatever. Uh, sh- shut up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, um, so guess what her occupation is? Uh, countess slash criminal. 
No, adventurous and sometimes criminal mastermind. Oh. Um, she... That actually her, sounds like a fun job, though. Yeah. Well, she's not always a criminal mastermind. Yeah. Uh, she just sometimes does stuff. Uh, she... Actually, you know what? No, Italy and... It, uh, no, she's in Italy. She was born in Italy, so... Hmm. I'm, but French and Italian is actually very close, so I can probably see why I got... Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So her former aliases are Big M. 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 Uh, the director, Christine Chrissy Longfellow. Ooh. With a K also. So huh. you know she was nasty. Um <laughs> Was that her undercover as 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 a non criminal mastermind and adventurer? Uh she was born in Rome, Italy. And uh she she was the leader of the Nefaria family uh, of the Magia and former employee of Midas. And I do not know who Midas is. Is Midas showing going showing up? Oh, let me Ooh. see. Because if he doesn't, I'm going to pull something up about him. He sounds like a like a kingpin, but for 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 the non-U.S. You know what I mean? Yeah, like a crime family boss character. He probably, if he does, uh, I don't think he shows up actually. Aw, because I'm pretty sure R comes after D. And I, I have M I R is the first M I character. So let's look up who Midas is. Now, see, with a name like Midas, does does he lean into the Golden Touch uh, idea, or is that just a coincidence? And he just happens to be very rich. <laughs> oh, he literally only showed up in one issue. Huh. That seems a waste for a name like Midas, though. Yep, he showed up in one issue <laughs> of Marvel Team Up. <laughs> so he doesn't like. I'm looking on um, Comic Vine, which I get a lot of my information from, and nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just a guy in a golden suit. So that's all you need to know. So yeah, you know what? I'm going to imagine that he 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 was the one who first gave Madame Mask her golden mask. He hired her for, like, one issue, and then she got beat up by the Human Torch and Spider-Man. Aww. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, sorry not to get beat up by both of them. I mean, they're so... They're such a great team. They're such a great team, except when they're living together. Then then Spider-Man gets real annoyed. Well, yeah, then <laughs> it's like the odd couple. Yeah. Well, okay, so, she first showed up. He's webbing a, webbing a line down the middle of the room. Yeah. <laughs> Well, she first showed up as Big M in Tales of Suspense 97. Mm -hmm. Then she showed up as uh, Whitney Frost in Tales of Suspense 98. And then she showed up as Madame Mask in Iron Man number 17. And her origin is in Iron, uh, Iron Man 8. So I guess she is more of an Iron Man villain. Huh. But she kind of shows up everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it. She's definitely someone that 
that uh, people try to remember when they're when they're looking for for stuff that aren't you know major world shake like shakers. When they need a sexy spy, they go to her. <laughs> <laughs> um. So this is one of those where we go through her father's story before I even get to her. <laughs> so let's do this. <laughs> okay, Count Count Lucindo Neferia, the Italian nobleman who was once the most powerful figure in the international crime organization known as the Magia, had long dreamed of having a son who would serve as his successor. While Neferia's wife, uh, Renata, died giving birth to her only child, why can't the Italians have the same words as English people? <laughs> uh, Gulatia? Look at this one. <laughs> oh, Gieta. Gieta? Gieta. 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 Okay, so Gieta. Um, since Gieta would have no mother to raise her, and since Neferia wanted to give his daughter the respectability he himself lacked, um, the Count ordered a wealthy Wall Street financier, Byron Frost, to raise her in America as, her, as his own daughter. Oh, so they did like a kid swap. Want this kid? And then he was just like, sure. Let's, uh, <laughs> look at this kid. It's mine now. Get out of here. Ah, <laughs> uh, the habits of the extremely wealthy and criminal. Ah, yeah. <clears throat> um, she grew up under the name Whitney Frost, believing Byron Frost and his wife were two were her true parents. In her early twenties, she got engaged to the wealthy and politically ambitious Roger, uh, a lawyer Roger Vane. Upon death, upon the death of Byron Frost, Count Neferia revealed to Whitney that he was her real father, and he intended to train her as her successor. As a Magia leader, I'm wondering if they, if if her father was a bit of a geek and just had to do this Darth Vader style. Join me, and we will rule the Magia together as father and daughter. Or he just like had a flair of the dramatic. Um. Okay. Da, 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 da. To be fair, if my last name was Nefaria, I, I would definitely lean into to the dramatic. Yeah, it's a really dramatic last name. Shocked and distraught, Whitney refused to follow Nefaria's wishes, but the Count threatened to expose her to her identity, claiming she would be ostracized by everyone she knew as a result. Oh no, her 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 social status would be ruined. Yeah, when uh, Whitney sought help from her fiancé and told him the whole story, Vane deserted her. Of course. Fearful of the association that uh, she would ruin sorry fearful that association with her would ruin his political career realizing after months of despair that Vane would never return to her she accepted Nefaria's invitation inv invitation Ooh. first condition revenge <laughs> uh, Nefaria trained a Whitney in criminal strategy Okay, one question. What makes critical stra uh, criminal strategy <laughs> different than regular strategy? Because it's illegal strategy. 
Well, so is most of the U.S. Bank feelings overseas. Oh. <laughs> okay. But for real, most most strategy at like a high level is illegal. Yeah, like, you know, really. I mean, what else are you, what else are you going to do with that much strategy besides be evil? Try to do a reverse Xanathos gambit and do something good? I don't know. That sounds like it take too much work. Well, yeah, but it also sounds like that it's that's the amount of strategy you would need for it. Oh, criminal strategy, managing underground operations and combat skills. All of which he mastered brilliantly. And after Nefaria was finally imprisoned for for capturing Washington DC through his advanced weaponry and holding it at ransom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love comics so much. Because <laughs> oh. he was arrested after holding Washington, D.C. hostage with advanced weaponry. And the best part is that, that that's just part of the common history of, of the Marvel Universe is Washington, D.C. Can you imagine kids in Washington, D.C. learning about their history? <laughs> Where is that, like 19, what, 1970s when he did that? Yeah. So he's like, and then in 1974, for three days, Washington City was hoiled for ransom. Uh, okay, so um, she was like, she was chosen to be the Magia fa- family leader uh, as uh, Big M. 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 Afterwards, she had a bunch of ambition, and then she went after uh, Stark Industries on Long Island to capture some highly advanced techno- technological weaponry. Huh. Uh, and thanks to Iron Man, her uh, identity as Big M. 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 Fled Skycraft. That's it. <laughs> Uh, and then, and then, like it crashed and it nearly killed her. And then it was like, then it like scarred her face, and she was found by like, yeah. And then she was like found by agents, by, um, found by agents of the power-hungry eccentric billionaire Mordecai Midas, who hired a surgeon to f- save her. Oh, so that's how Midas got to hire her for a while. Yeah. And then Midas employed Whitney as a as his principal criminal oper- operative, and out of his obsession with gold, had had her. So cons- his her- PCO, sort of like a CEO, but for criminals. Uh, so her golden mask was actually actually from like Midas. You you that. So Tony, being a horn dog, showed concern and affection for her even after seeing her unmasked. Okay. She was just like, hmm, I'm going to jump on that guy's bones, and I'm going to masquerade as his secretary, Chrissy Longfellow. Was this, a, then, was this a long-term honey trap? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, Iron Man figured out that Longfellow had a mask, and then, and then, like, and then Madame Mask realized that Stark was Iron Man. And then they, they then they began a romantic relationship. Then they're just like, well, now both of our secrets are gone. Let's let's kiss and, and oh, bone so, a lot. So it's like 
It's kind of like the Black Cat um, Spider-Man thing. Oh, I was going to say like a reverse Mr. and Mrs. Smith, where they're trying to kill each other after they find their identities. It was like, oh, well, we don't have to try and hide each other's identities anymore. Yeah. And then um, Count Nefaria tried to give himself superhuman powers, uh, but he felt and became a wizard old man who needed to be kept alive with special life support systems. Yeah, that's it's not as easy to get superpowers in com- as comics would make you think. Well, I just like every single time someone fails after trying to give himself superpowers, I get happy. I, I don't know what it is. It's just, I'm just like, ha you suck. <laughs> dunk, your, um, dunk yourself in irradiated water. What did you think would happen? It has to be by accident, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> um, then she tried. Then they did some more stuff with some animal men, which we won't talk about right now. Um, <laughs> and then, like, she was still like super in love with Stark, but was like still sad that her father died, like a like a chump, and uh, left Stark. And then. And then, like, she became the leader of Nef- the Nefaria Magia family. And she allied herself with people like Obadiah Stane. Oh. Well, that's good if you want to get back at Stark. Yeah. And the scientist Dr. Theron Atlanta. Well, sh- she did some real creepy stuff where... Well, he did some real creepy stuff where um she... Well, he swapped her mind into the body of Stark's former lover, Bettany Cable. And then Madame Mask nearly killed Stark when she was in that body, but was stopped by uh, Cable. And I mean, sorry, not Cable, Cabe. Uh, Cabe and Mask's body. So, yeah, that's something. So that was a long storied history of Madame Mask. I just like, I actually like Madame Mask quite a bit, so I felt like actually going through a story. Because it's not boring, really, like other people's are. Like, I was pretty entertained through most of that. And at no point was it just like, okay, I have to get through this. <laughs> I just want to talk about all the at Animen, because Animen, there's just a lot to go through with those. <laughs> so, um, she is 5'9, officially two inches taller than me. Uh, weighs 133, has gray eyes and black hair, and uh, she's like real good at like shooting and jumping around. Like better than the average athlete? An, an Olympian athlete. Oh. She's at Olympian level. Wow. And she also uh, uses guns that fire ordinary bullets or cartridges that release sleeping gas. Wait, so it's is it a burst of sleeping gas that it shoots, or is it a bullet that hits you and then breaks into sleeping gas? Because, I mean, gains a bullet lodged into you to have it spray sleeping gas in your face sounds kind of painful and really, really a bad chance of infecting that wound. So, I have a feeling it's like kind of like a time release thing. Like, it fires, and then it... Like, she doesn't shoot it at someone, she shoots it around someone. Okay. But at the same time... You could maybe combine both and make someone fall asleep forever. Well, when you think about it, if you shoot a bullet into someone's heart, they do sleep forever. Yeah. Or you could 
something. I can't make a joke. Okay. <laughs> um, so I think we're done with Mount of Mask. Uh, so what do you think of Mount of Mask? Um, I think she's kind of cool. I kind of like, you know, like she's a very capable, like, you know, female character that actually has, has lots of agency. Yeah. That has actually like survived and has, and has grown and, and become a t- character development. And she hasn't been used just to further other characters plots. And also she's the eighth character, female character who has pants. Yay. I might be off by like one or two. I can look by, but like it's not. It's definitely still on my on my fingers. <laughs> so, um, again, I want to say I'm not saying that all these women characters have to be wearing pants. I just want. I just. I feel like they're. I feel like more of them would want to wear pants. Yeah. <laughs> because pants are pretty good at making sure people don't, you know. Mess up your legs, which are pretty important if you're a crime fighter. Whatever. You know, yeah, you think pants and pockets would be like the most important things to crime fighters. Oh, she also has a utility belt. Yeah, see, there you go. Yeah. So. With an M on it? Well, actually, double M's. Oh. Oh, I bet you, I bet you, I bet you the buckle comes apart and like one M's on one side and the M's uh, and the other M's on the other side. So I also like Madame Mask, and besides that, uh, I hope she does more things in the future. And she does. She does lots of things in the future. What do you have to plug? Well, I'm on a podcast called War and Beast on the Audio Entropy Network, uh, where we basically rewatch and discuss the, well, the 90s somewhat classic Beast Wars cartoon, but we got through that, so we're now on Beast Machines. And we're probably going to be finishing that up to too pretty soon i don't know what we're planning on doing right right after that though (laughs) we're probably gonna like take a break and then go to something else but you could do the really bad transformer cybertron where it was even worse cg than the (laughs) 90s one (laughs) i i don't know if we can do that like we just like i don't like we watched some of it before and it's it's like "Mm." It's real mm. bad. I watched most of it. It's like it treats it treats uh it treats Optimus Prime like he's like a like a Malibu Barbie where you could just put like new like attachments to him. Oh yeah, but that that was the that was the season seasons with all the power link stuff. Yeah, where and it was ever, just like, everyone was just upgrades for Optimus. Yeah, so we it's were, like, just like hey, I'm going to I'm going to take the leader of this proud race and use him as a sword. <laughs> It, was it? I think it was Armada and stuff like that with the minicons. Where like Mini, I like the minicons. The minicons, yeah, where they could transform together and make like you know things. In fact, like there's a new new uh, line out of uh, Transformers Generation toys called Power of the Primes, where they've got like little minicon figures that are supposed to be aspects of Prime. So like you've got Vector Prime, who's the power of time. And he's got like a little decor armor and stuff like that, and he can turn into a weapon that can be used by like the bigger robots. Like they scaled, they scaled it up, like the old headmasters. Like they're yeah. scaled up like that. So like there's like all this neat little stuff that you can put the little mini cons in to basically say, okay, now he's using the power of this prime, and all kinds of neat little stuff like that. And That's I like, pretty- I like that because. You know, it's not it's not like a full thing. He's just it's just like him just like grabbing a friend and they're and working together. 
Yeah, I think, like, honestly, I think some of the stuff Hasbro does with their toys is actually pretty good. I'm not saying all of it's good, but a lot, when they try to do something, they go for it. Uh, speaking of, um, speaking of things, I have a Modoc toy that I'm playing with, and I should be paying attention. Um, but, uh... I have a podcast called Creepy Critters, which by the time this comes out should have, but uh, it is, it's still fairly new. It's a, a fortnightly podcast. Yeah, it would have, s- no, it had less than seven. Yeah, seven. It would have six. It'd have six out. Um, where uh, I talk about, well, the, the latest episode is where I talk about fishes, like cryptid fish. Cryptid fish. Uh, yeah. It's it's not a murdery one episode. Hmm. In fact it's um and it's with a person who is on a podcast like a lot. Uh Christina from Cult Cryptids and Conspiracies. I would suggest Ooh. listening to that. I think this is coming out the Tuesday after that comes out. So listen to their podcast if you you know, if you haven't heard of it. And uh it's hosted by two pretty cool ladies talking about cult cryptids and conspiracies. So I'll have pretty, to look into that. Yep. I like cryptids. And, yep. And uh, besides that, uh, you can also find my my cat, who I like to call my little cryptid, uh, uh, Dexstar, on at MarvelousMooch on Instagram, because if you want to see a cat with four thumbs, dun-dun-dun, which is totally cryptid. Who's he also knows how to open up a door. Only one door, but he can open up a door, which I feel is more than what a lot of cats can do. Who's a cat and has four thumbs? His cat. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and uh, you can you can look at pictures of him on there. And, uh, and besides that, thank you so much for listening. And, uh, you know, maybe share the episodes or something. Or do a, um, do a review on iTunes. I won't. I probably won't look at them really, but you know it helps because iTunes sucks, and I don't have like an Apple device, so it's almost impossible for me to look at iTunes because Apple is smart. Um, <laughs> but besides that, uh, please uh, may country protect you through all of your night travels. Hope you have a great day. Bye. Bye. Bye.